Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw. First and 10. Half to tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done 10 for 22 to Raja. It's the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. Happy Friday. We have a jam-packed show for you today. We're going to break down the NBA. So you come for the NBA breakdown, but you know what you stay for? You stay for the five-star Q&A because we do it every Friday. We do it at the end of the podcast. You... And I did cheat a little bit, and I checked some of these. This is one of the best five-star Q&As we've had in the history of this podcast. Really? What? Yeah. So there are some really good questions this time. Hannah, there's even some dating questions that oh. you might have to get involved wow. in. Uh-oh. So, yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. going to have to break that down. Uh, Monday is Memorial Day. We are not going to be live. We're going to have a best of episode. It's going to be a best of five star Q&A. So we'll have that on Monday. And uh, depending on how these series break down, we might have a bonus episode on Tuesday, too. So make sure you uh, check those out as well. Thanks, as always, for following us. Raja, we have a series on our hands as the Rockets <laughs> beat the Warriors last night, 98 to 94, baby. And I love it. I um, Yeah, I like, listen. The Rockets are good. This Go ahead is and tell us new, you told yourself. Newsflash. No, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I just, here's, here's where I thought this could go sideways for Golden State. I, it is much easier and I, like, at the risk of being redundant, it's much easier to get people to play ISO ball with you, um, than it is to have them stick to their game plan when they have good ISO players, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. Kevin Durant naturally wants to go ISO. He's one of the best ISO players in the world. It's what you grow up doing when you play one-on-one or when you play two-on-two. Or, quite frankly, when you ever see a pickup game in the summertime, it's just a glorified ISO game. So mm-hmm. it's naturally what basketball players will do if you give them the opportunity to do that. And you've got Kevin Durant, who's really good at it. You've got Steph Curry, who's really good at it. And then you have a team in Houston that that's literally all they do. It's all they do. So it's easy to bait teams into playing with you that way. And Golden State is good enough to beat 99.9% of NBA teams out there doing it. They happen to be playing the one team that may be better at it with them because they have James Harden, albeit he has not been very good, 0 for 20 in his last three, in his last two games. In terms of threes, he, he wasn't great last night. Um, Chris Paul is really, really good at it. And then the wild card is Eric Gordon, who's a really, really good, like one on one ISO, uh, player as well. And so, and, and what it does for Golden State is again, and I alluded to it last time we were on the pod. They got Clay Thompson cooking a little bit. Second quarter, rolling into the third quarter. What do you have? I think he had 21 to finish the game. 23. And then they just stopped. Then it went ISO again. Like they were running sets. The ball was moving. People were moving. There were backdoor cuts. When you've got to account for Clay Thompson coming off of a screen, it frees up a lot of stuff behind Clay Thompson, even if he's not open. And they stopped doing it and they became very predictable. Uh, there were five sets of eyes on, on Kevin Durant at all times. He struggled down the stretch. Um, and when, when that happens and you're an ISO ball, you can lose a game. And here's the catch, Danny, and I don't mean to get long-winded with this, but again, Houston didn't play well. They struggled offensively. They played awful. They played awful, and they still found a way to beat who, who, uh, the team that a lot of us regard as the best team in basketball over the last five years. 
So I thought it was an ugly game. I thought both teams played pretty bad, which I think is the good news if you're the Warriors because you still had a chance in a late-game situation to potentially win the game. You but, know, or to keep but it's, it good, close to over it's good news for, for Golden State as well. I mean, for Houston right. as well. Right, right, because they played awful and they found a way to win with their C game. From right. you know, take a uh, page from Tiger Woods' playbook. I so I am rooting for the Rockets, even though it would make me look really wrong about the Warriors, because you know what, the Warriors kind of ticked me off this whole season, and I'm mad at myself for not being more aware of the entirety of the situation. Because when I say that, like when I watch college football. When I saw Florida State the year after they won the national championship and they still got back to the playoff and it was the year they lost to Oregon, they played awful that season. And they went and they, they kind of puttered around and they had a bunch of turnovers and they played bad and yet they still found ways to win. And it was that conversation of, oh, they have to just flip the switch. Once they flip the switch, they'll be fine. Ohio State, a couple of years later, when they came back and they had the quarterback controversy and they had all this talent, you know, you're looking at them and you're like, all right, they'll be fine. They're going to flip the switch. It is, it's really tough to do that. You have to be prepping constantly, nonstop. The more you go, like you have to be getting ready for these moments like you're seeing. And the Warriors did that all season. They were so nonchalant. They were so not into it. They didn't care if home, uh, home court mattered. They were like, we'll be fine. We're this super team. It doesn't matter. And here they are where they look completely out of sync. They look out of sorts. And I thought it was more than obvious. Then it was more obvious than any other situation was late in the game when they had this late possession and you saw it just get completely bungled. They didn't sound like they had a plan. You know, Steve Kerr said he thought they would foul Steph Curry. You can't anticipate that in that situation. It just looked totally out of sorts. What did you see, Rajah, when you saw that like late game situation just breaking down completely? Well, I, I agree with you 100%. Like Durant 0 for 4 in the fourth quarter, Steph Curry 3 for 6. Um, in the fourth quarter, all of that speaks to the the lack of flow offensively and the lack of sticking to your game plan and what you want to do offensively. Um, in terms of what happened with the timeout, that's inexcusable. That's a lack of concentration. Like every NBA player who's played four seasons or more knows that as soon as you get that rebound off of the off of the free throw, it's an immediate timeout. There's no pass. There's no dribbles. Like that. That is an inexcusable lapse in in like. Um, concentration that that is that cost you four seconds of ball advancement you could have been running a set in the half court um, the Draymond situation on the fumbled ball I don't really have a beef with that I mean he took his he took right, his eye happens. off the ball that happens um, you know and I heard last night people debating like the Quinn Cook shot um, they're down two I believe he's wide open I, my question is look the guy shoots 44 percent from the three-point line like what do you want him to do like, you gotta shoot that shot. I've been Quinn Cook. I'm shooting that ball. I want it. I want to prove to everybody why I'm on the court at, at this time. The only other thing he could have done and saved his NBA future was to make a hard drive to the rim and hope that either the Red Seas were going to part and he'd get a layup or he'd then be able to kick it to Steph Curry or Clay Thompson or, or Kevin Durant. Because if he just sits there and freezes and doesn't shoot the ball, I mean, the jury is is in on the rest of his career. He's not an NBA-quality player. So I had no problem with that shot. Uh, but down the stretch, I agree with you, Danny. Like, this team this team is not sticking to the game plan. And, again, through 82 regular season games, it's okay. You can have a little falter in what you want to do, you know, offensively. 
defensively. You can do things without a purpose. You can get away from from who you are and still figure out ways to win games. But this late in the season, you have to be all the way dialed in. And yep. I am with you. That's not something that you can just turn on. Sometimes you can. But you're playing with fire if you think that you're always going to be able to flip that switch and be razor sharp. And they certainly weren't razor sharp down the stretch. It looked like, you know, offensively, again, no real game plan. Just a – and I'm, I'm Mike D'Antoni was a guy who didn't want to put too much restriction or too much too much um, framework in the offense at times because mm-hmm. he didn't want you to be a slave to the framework of the offense. He wanted you to have some freedom to what you do. And so I subscribe to that. Like I subscribe to guys – you know, kind of playing and being being unpredictable offensively. But down the stretch, there's got to be a clear plan. Like Debo and I can't be on different pages when we've got one possession left and they're eight seconds. You and I must know what our what our what our jobs are in that scenario. And it didn't look like they did. So they look completely out of sorts. Listen, they still managed to put a pretty positive spin on. Here's some of the Warriors talking about the game. They made a couple more plays to get the job done. So credit to them. But uh, that's why you play seven games. That's why. Uh... Uh, it's such a back and forth type of environment in the playoffs and, and we have, we have an opportunity to reestablish ourselves, um, at home, get a big win, keep ourselves alive and, and then roll the dice in a game seven. So, um, not all is lost. Um, and we, we play well tonight, just not well enough. No, you didn't. I feel great about where we are right now. And that may sound crazy. Um, yes, it does. But I, I feel it. I know exactly what I'm seeing out there. And we defended them beautifully tonight. We got everything we needed. Just too many turnovers, too many reaches. Um, and if we settle down a little bit, we're going to be in really good shape. Still confident. You know, we, uh, we had some opportunities to win this game, last two games, and we didn't close it out. Uh, but we can learn from it. And, you know, we got another opportunity at home on, on Saturday. Uh, and we'll be ready to play. I felt like Kevin Durant was the most in touch with reality there. Um, yeah. You know, I, and Steve Kerr, I guess your job, part of your job is to put the right spin on that so guys feel feel good and, and are confident. And they shouldn't be discouraged. I mean, they're, they they get to go home and play a game where it's they've lost one game, I think, what are they, 16-1 or something like that. So um, they shouldn't be discouraged. But you didn't defend Houston great, make no mistakes. Like, well, there, there were times that they played all right, but Houston just missed a bunch of threes. Like Houston, what were the Rockets? 13 for 43 from the three-point line. And, and they it, shot just 30% on uncontested shots. <laughs> right. I would, Yeah, and I would argue that of those 43 threes, they're probably 32 of them were pretty wide open jump shots. They just missed them. So I don't buy that you defended them great. Um, I do think that there were opportunities there for Golden State, and, and they were a little sloppy, and they missed shots themselves. But I wouldn't be so – I wouldn't be so – quick to say that we're in a great place because I feel like you've devolved. And it was interesting because I saw something on world star this morning. There's a, <laughs> and it's, but this was interesting because it was a conversation between Steve Kerr and Kevin Durant about yep. MJ, right. And what MJ would do in terms of trusting his teammates. And that gave me a little like glimpse into like the mind of the way Steve Kerr sees Kevin Durant right now. And it's interesting because, you know, Kevin Durant, you would think, has the green light to go out there and do what he's doing because it looks like at times his teammates are deferring to him a little bit. Like the mm-hmm. game plan is – but 
from what Steve Kerr is saying to him, it's clear that Kevin Durant is just kind of going off script a little bit with some of this ISO. And it, and for me, that's concerning because it's what I worried about, which was ISO players reverting to trying to play ISO against Houston. It's a recipe for disaster. I love how you said you found that on Worldstar because it was everywhere on Twitter. Like yeah. I, think, I think, I think inside inside the NBA, like TNT, like every website had it. But you saw it on Worldstar. I saw it on Worldstar this morning. That's yeah. Raj's news. He doesn't have Twitter, <laughs> but he is Worldstar. Exactly. That's fantastic. I love the old MJ stories, but you know what I'd love even more is if Kevin Durant actually listened to him because he talked about trusting his teammates. Do you know how many assists Kevin Durant had last night? Not probably not zero. Many. Yeah, zero. So how does that? How is that trusting your teammates? I am with you. I think Steve Kerr is a very even-keeled coach. I think he relates to players extremely well because he's been in those situations. He's been in the finals. He's played with Michael Jordan, so he can really relate to those. But I thought it did. Like I, I, I wish his players would listen to him a little bit more. And I think it's been an extremely frustrating season for Steve Kerr. And I'm actually surprised. Like I wish he would have said, you know what? We're getting what we deserve because we, we, we coasted. We went through the motions all season long. And here we are. This is where, you know, this is why we're in this position. He can't say that, but I wonder if deep down inside he's feeling that. He, Let me ask you this though, Raja. Yeah. Because the, the Warriors look completely different than what you've seen all season long. Well, and I'm not talking about the turnovers because they're always sloppy with the ball. Like, so I get that, but they've, and they're averaging 79 less passes per game than the last round against the Pelicans. And if you watch them at all during the regular season, it's the same thing. It looks to me like they're, kind of playing against the Rockets, they're watching what they do, and they're almost falling victim to trying to do what the Rockets are doing instead of sticking to their own game. Like, is there anything they're doing? Are the Rockets doing anything defensively that are taking the Warriors out of their game? Or are they just, like, playing differently because they're playing against the Rockets? Yeah, well, first of all, I, I, I we didn't talk about the absence of Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala is a very, very good player. He was the finals MVP of the year that um I, I was with the Cavs in the front office and they beat us in the finals. So, like not giving you, I want to give some credit to Andre Iguodala. They, they're not going to be the same team without him. He does a lot for them defensively. He covers up a lot of mistakes. He's one of the best defenders in the league. Um, and offensively, he might not be a knockdown shooter, but he's a very good playmaker. And you subtract a guy who can playmake um, from that, and where you could maybe beat Houston with Andre Iguodala in the lineup going ISO, it becomes really hard to beat him when you've just got Steph and and Kevin Durant. And to your point. I read a stat, and I don't remember what it was, but there's a certain number of passes that Golden State likes to be at. Um, and they feel like if they watch game film, regardless of shots going in or field goal percentage defense, if they hit this number of passes as a team, they have a very, very, very high likelihood of winning the game. This series, they're passing the ball 79 less times per game right. than their series against the Pelicans. I don't know that exact number, but 79 less. Per Correct. Game. So it's it's exponentially lower, and the reason the reason why it's twofold: a, Houston is giving you something to look at every time down the court, which is ISO, and it's like a wild horse, man. A horse wants to run. If you if you don't if you don't have like hella restraint. And you're, and you're not super disciplined in terms of what you want to do offensively. It's going to be easy for the Kevin Durant's and the Steph Curry's of the world to fall into trying to play park basketball, if you will, which is one on one. The other thing Houston is doing is they're just switching everything. Everything is a switch. So, you know, where you might be creating offense out of screens and slips and so on and so forth. Houston is doing a great job of just switching everything, which so every time you screen, somebody's standing there, which kind of promotes and and makes you have to kind of go one on one because every time you set a screen there's going to be somebody in front of you now you got to just go make a play 
And sometimes it's a lesser defender. And look, NBA guys, if they're anything, they are self-confident in their ability to go get a bucket. So if I get a switch and I have an inferior defender on me, well, Danny, guess what I'm going to do to him? I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to go into my dance routine with the ball, and I'm going to try to get a good shot. Mike D'Antoni don't care if that shot goes in or not because, again, you're playing right into his hands, which is devolving the game into an ISO situation, less passing for Golden State. They can't reach the number offensively in terms of passes or shot attempts, and it and it and it's just a downhill, like it's snowball rolling downhill at that point. So the Warriors have had to play without a Godala. Now all of a sudden, it looks like the Rockets could potentially have an injury situation with Chris Paul. He had to leave the game for the final minutes. His hamstring issue. If he doesn't play, is it a wrap? Like, would I go back to being right then? <laughs> yeah. Because it looked like he's that important to them, and it's kind of crazy that James Harden's going to be the MVP. But it's very clear that Chris Paul, to me, when I watch them play, is more important to them uh, than James Harden. Like, he's he's really like their lifeblood. Everything kind of flows through him. He's their heart. You know, mm-hmm. like, James Harden, for as great as he's been, like, the beard's fantastic, and I would have voted for him for MVP this year. <laughs> but he's having the same sort of struggles in the playoffs that he's had, you know, when when push comes to shove, when when the – when the lights get the brightest, I mean, he's he's not been there. He's 5 for 21 from the field last night. 0 for 11 threes. Um, when was the last time you heard of a superstar? Like, superstar. That's a oh. mega star. When was the last time you heard for an MVP candidate going 0 for 20 in two games, threes, in the Western Conference Finals? It's unheard of. It's unfathomable. And they win. <laughs> and, well, yeah, and they win. Like, that's the only thing that's saving him. But who saved – Chris Paul's saving him. He had 18 points. Um, 18 of his 20 in the second half yesterday. Uh, some of the threes that he hit were unreal. Just Mike D'Antoni said it best in press game, con- post game press conference. They're just all heart shots. It's not skill. Like, I mean, clearly he's super skilled, but it was all heart. And if he is not there, it is catastrophic. James Harden, um, could play out of his mind in Golden State. And if Chris Paul's not there, they're going to lose and they're going to lose game seven. So hopefully, for Houston and all of its fans, it's it's a tweak and it's not a a tear or a strain uh, because if he's not there, they will not win. Do you like let the shimmy? You, let me. Ask, I love ahead, the shimmy. Know. I love the shimmy. Oh yeah, that was great. And I let love ask, I love Steph's response to it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. if you're gonna shimmy, I'm gonna get shimmied on. That's he's right. got to be okay with that. Let me ask something about Chris Paul because I you have a much better grasp. You've played against a lot of these guys. I have a perception of Chris Paul that he's tough. That, you know, he played through the ankle injury. I think he'll be back. He's going to be reevaluated today. He said he'll be all right. Am I right on him that he looks like a tough player, a guy that'll play through pain, that'll, you know, is not a prima donna that's, you know, some of these players now, they get a little tweak, they're going to take off. Like, is, am I right on my read on Chris Paul? Yes, you're absolutely right. He's one of the toughest players in the NBA. He is a, he's one of my favorites because he's a get down, get dirty. Like, if he needs to give you a shot to the ribs, he'll give you a shot to the ribs. Like, he's unapologetic about, the way he plays. Um, and yeah, so you are, you are right. It's a fine line though. I, look, I think he should play if he's 80% or above. I think they should have him on the court. Um, yep. if he's in the 70 range, and this is really hard because a training staff doesn't, the training staff doesn't, the training right, staff can't no, feel the there's injury. There's no instrument. You. There's no MRI you can take to say here is 70%. You can't do that. You have to trust the player. Correct. Cause then you're, then you're risking like, you're risking re-injury or further, further injuring it. And then he's not available for game seven. But if he's 80 or above, as tough as he is, I, I'd roll him out there and see if we could get something done in Oracle. Because I, look, I know this sounds crazy and this is not going to be what people want to hear. But I think if you get James Harden cooking in Oracle, he's the one type of cat. That if you, if you get him cooking and you get a decent enough game from Chris Paul and Eric Gordon and one other person, 
You could beat them in Oracle. You have not played well offensively yet. Yep, no doubt. All right, so that that series, uh, the Warriors, and they go back to Oracle, they're actually a 10.5-point favorite, which is kind of nuts when you think about a Western Conference Finals game on the line. Like, their back's against the wall. They're a 10-point favorite, so that'll be fun to watch. All right, let's move it over to the Eastern Conference because the Celtics, no surprise, they win at home, uh, take advantage of this series. They take advantage of that home court. The Cavs, and you called it. You said LeBron on short rest is not as good, especially when they have to travel. I thought he looked gassed. But what do you think that'll change? Like with him going back to Cleveland, getting a little bit more rest, sleeping in his own bed, is that what they need to extend the series? Or do you think this is potentially the last time we see LeBron in the Cavs uniform? Hey, that's a that's a great question. Here, This is LeBron's stats in wins versus losses. All right, He's 35.5 points a game in wins, 27.5 in losses. This is the one that sticks out to me. These two next stats. 62.5% field goal in wins, 47 uh, in losses, 57.1 from the three-point line in wins, and 27.3 from three-point line in losses. So he is way more efficient in the wins. And a lot of that is, is a, a lot of that has to do with how he feels, I would imagine, physically. Um, and what he settles for, the threes that he gets. When he's tired, he settles for terrible you know, look, he's the best player on the planet. But for, for anyone else, they'd be a terrible shot. Like, it's like a fadeaway three because I'm too tired to do anything else. And I forgive him that because he's got to do so much heavy lifting for them. But it, make no mistake, they're bad shots. Um, but when he's feeling good, he doesn't settle. He puts his head down. He gets to the rim. He creates something for himself or someone else. That's the LeBron that they're going to need to have uh, in game six at home. I do believe that being at home, um, having – all of your technological advancements in terms of your your training staff and, yep. and your facility, having all of those at your disposal are going to be huge. When you're on the road, Danny, I mean, essentially you have the hotel pool and you have your training room at, at, and whatever little weight room is at the Four Seasons in Boston. That's right. what you have to get your body ready. Um, I mean, you could go ahead and farm out like a medical facility in Boston and, and stuff like that. But when you're at home – you have everything that your world-class facility has to offer you in terms of being able to recover and get your body right, and I think it'll pay dividends for him. The question is, and what it's always been this whole series, um, is will he get the support from his supporting cast? Will Jordan Clarkson show up? Will he get something out of Larry Nance Jr. and Tristan Thompson? Can Kevin Love give me more than 14 points and act like he's one of the, you know, a, a, an all-star player? Is Kyle Korver... And, 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 uh, J.R. Smith, are they both going to hit shots? Because he needs that. Boston is not coming into Cleveland with that game three mentality where they're scared to be on the road. They are coming in to close this series out. They're confident. They're rolling. They know that you cannot guard them. So I'm not even hanging my hat on that if I'm Cleveland. I'm not worried about guarding people. We need to be better offensively. So one of the interesting things was Kyle Korver played a series low 19 minutes. He only had seven points. He was two for five from the three point range. But that was more interesting was what Ty Lue said after the game about Kyle Korver in the matchup. Listen to what he said. Well, initially he's been putting Ola J in, so that's been kind of Kyle's matchup when he comes in the game. But he didn't play him tonight, so, you know, it kind of, you know, threw us for a loop. But um, we got Bron out with two and a half minutes, and at the start of the fourth he wasn't ready to go. So, you know, same thing happened game, I think, one or two. I can't remember. Um. First of all, I think it's Ojale. Yeah. Yeah, but that's all, all right. right. He, he lose my dues. So I'm going to let it, You're right. I, I let it slide, but I had to mention it. Um, yeah, I think he made a mistake. Look, I think he, look, 
when you're coaching a game, there are a lot of moving parts. You're, you're busy trying to put out a lot of fires. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to diagnose what's going on on the court. And sometimes you get, you know, you get caught up in that and you might forget about your rotations. I would argue that that's why you have four assistants sitting next to you. Someone to say, Hey, listen, bro, yeah. we, we gotta get Kyle in the game. Um, but hey, look, as good as Kyle is, and I probably like Kyle's not a great defender. He's been better in this series. Um, he's not been great. The only, the only, He's the one guy that's been making some shots, so I am with everyone else in that Kyle should have been rolled out earlier in that game to see if he's been on. I don't think he's shot that great in Boston. I don't know what the numbers say, but I don't think he's been on fire in Boston over the course of a series. What was he? Uh, the series, 7.7 points per game, 33% from the three. That's pedestrian. You know what I mean? Like, that's not like, it's not like Kyle Corver's been setting the world on fire in Boston. Uh, but yeah, I think Ty Lue made a mistake with that. He, if, he, if he could go back and do it again, he'd probably get him in there a little earlier and see if it created some space. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. So we're going to pick this game and our picks and props later. We're going to make you guys some money. Uh, but we need to get to the NHL a little bit because uh-huh. the Stanley Cup final, it is set. We got the Washington Capitals play Vegas Golden Knights. I think it's a pretty intriguing matchup and this. Like we, we have, we have made fun of ourselves. We do not watch a lot of hockey. I will probably tune in to the final because it is, it is a championship on the line. You do have Ovechkin playing. You do have this storyline behind the Vegas Knights and the expansion franchise. I think it's pretty intriguing. I, I think it'll actually be a pretty entertaining series. Will you, will you watch? How, well, let's do this. How many minutes of the, uh, the Stanley Cup final will you watch? Over under 60 and a half. So that means more than <laughs> wow. one total game. Oh, under. Oh, under for yeah, Rosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said it too high. You talking about over the course of the whole series? Yeah, the whole yeah. series. Under, bro. I'm under. I'm still going to go under. Under. Um, yeah, not a I'm still just so upset about Yeah, Hannah, you totally 20. bailed. 20, 20 is a good number. 20 is a good number. I'm sorry. We're having two different conversations here. But yes, no, I'm still really sad about the lightning. Honestly, though, put it on my tab of like all the things that I've said that we're wrong. <laughs> we will. Yeah, we, but, we need to get, revisit your record and pick some props. Yes. Get you out the basement. I, I'm conflicted here because although the Vegas Knights are clearly like my team, I've, I've been riding with them since clearly since the, their, their inception. Um, I've got, I've got conflict because I typically cheer for an Alex Ovechkin type of player who, you know, has had playoff demons. Teams haven't figured out how to get it done, but you know, he comes out the other night and what did he score? The quickest goal in like, it was like a minute 62 and 62 seconds. 62 seconds. It was fa- phenomenal. Like <laughs> I cheer for a dude like that who. Will you watch 62 seconds? I'll watch 62 seconds. <laughs> okay. You got there me for 62. Go. Uh, but, but so I'm conflicted as to whether I keep, you know, going for this like Cinderella story out there in, 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 uh, Vegas or, or if I pull for the, for the caps. Um, so maybe, maybe you might get me, you might, you might get me on the over for 20. I think it's a fascinating story because of the expansion franchise aspect of it. You know, because it's you've never seen this in sports, a team have this much success right away. And the NHL has actually taken a little bit of heat from it, saying they gave them an unfair advantage by letting them draft guys that were unprotected, you know, by letting them do that. So I think it, uh, uh, that's the storyline I love. Like, I think it's great. Like, why wouldn't you want to have an expansion? Expansion franchise succeed. Dude, I love expansion. Like, that, like yeah, that should right. be like they're slow. Like they expansionize that. <laughs> no, but, but Danny, like, could you, I mean, all of these leagues talk about parody, right? Mm-hmm. And what, like, what are you going to do? Like, if you want parody, you want us to bring in an, a, a, a new, uh, expansionize and then not, not give us an opportunity to compete right away. Like, what do we have to pay? Like, is it a five years worth of dues that we have to pay before we're able to be a viable, like, NHL team? I love the fact that all of these leagues talk about 
parity and and the NHL can bring in a new expansionize and there's a damn and there's parity. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? They can compete yeah. right away. I think that's awesome. I mean, yep, me too. You, you know, one thing you could check out with these uh, NHL players. Their teeth, because most of them don't have them. <laughs> you know what they could use, though? They could use a Quip toothbrush. You know yeah. why? Because this is changing the industry. So the truth is, most of us are brushing our teeth wrong. Not for long enough, and we forget to change our brush on time. That's because most brands, they'll focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. So what makes Quip so different, you might ask? For starters, Quip is an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes while still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help clean your teeth. It's got a built-in timer, so this is pretty cool. Quip has a built-in timer, so you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. This is going to be great for my kids because they don't—they always go through too fast. I try to do the ABCs. They never get it long enough, so now they have their built-in timer they can actually use with it. And you know what else they have that's awesome? Because my kid's toothbrush always falls on the floor. It actually comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel wherever you take your teeth. I love it. And finally, everybody loves Quip. They were on Oprah's greatest, like Oprah's O-list. Hannah buys everything on Oprah's O-list. So they were actually named Time's Best Invention too, and is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. You've got to get a Quip. So how do you get it, you might ask? You go to Quip.com, getquip.com. They start at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash bench right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash bench, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash bench. All right, go get your quip, all right? All right, so let's keep it rolling. We're going to do a little take it or leave it. All right, you ready, Raja? Take it or leave take it. Take it or leave it. <laughs> so Kyle Korver is currently a more valuable NBA player than Carmelo Anthony. Uh, I have now, so you much might to ask, why this. did we come up with this? Uh, so, Debo, there was an IG meme account that says so, right? Did and you see this, Carmelo Roger? saw this and had to you comment see this on, on World Star? No, this was it on, on World Star? Star? Was it? You guys, I <laughs> even saw this. I mean, not on World Star, but yeah. this was all over Instagram. <laughs> what? So, so yeah, what? Carmelo so, just comments, I had to comment on this one, and then FOH, which means yeah, fat somebody Somebody said that um, in the 2003 draft. Danny, do you have the exact quote? Uh, I do not have the quote from the meme, but I have Carmelo's quote because he yeah. just said FOH. This is so dumb. Um, so he said that, that they said in the 2003 draft that Car Corver was more valuable than... No, you know, it's basically at this stage of their this career. Yeah, oh, this stage. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, look, it in today's NBA, the way they're playing, um, Kyle Corver has some value. Um, there's not even a debate to me of who's a better basketball player like Carmelo Anthony is still a much better basketball player than Kyle Korver but if you're asking me like you know situationally to plug into a team that's already built and they need somebody to space the floor Carmelo's still not he's not a viable number one scorer anymore so you can make the argument that for the Cavs Kyle Korver is a better fit or more valuable than than Carmelo but he's not a better player than Carmelo yeah, so, so if the Cavs had the opportunity, though, Raja, and they could say, all right, we're going to take Kyle Korver or we're going to take Carmelo Anthony, you think they well, would still stick with Korver? No, I think actually they'd probably take Melo at this point because they don't right. have any other playmakers. Like, like, so the Cavs probably was a bad team to, to bring up, but like, um, 
So you're with Carmelo, so FOH. FOH, yeah. Wait, yeah. serious <laughs> question. How embarrassing is it for his soul to comment on this, like, no-name Instagram account that yeah. says some <laughs> dumb thing? And he comments Seriously, from his verified... His verified account, he said three things. The first thing he said was, wow, in all caps. And then he said, like, had to comment. And yeah. then he said, F-O-H. Yeah, that's... Hopefully that's that, like and the... hopefully that's not mellow. Like, hopefully has somebody running his social media that it's did that. Because if that is him, it's a super bad look. It's tough. Look, getting old is tough. <laughs> it is. It's a hard thing, especially in pro sports. Like, when your ego, you are trained to be, like, yeah. I'm the baddest man on the planet. And when you stop being that guy... And everybody else knows it, and you don't. That's tough. It's sad. It's a, but not the mellow. I love mellow. I, I used to work at the mellow center at Syracuse. Yeah, we no. I love mellow too. I see, but, but like you're just not the same guy right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. All right, how about this one? Take it or leave it. On take it voters. or leave it. The voters got the all NBA teams right. All right, so you ready? Your first team all NBA team: Damian Lillard, James mm. Harden. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Anthony Davis. So your second teamers, the guys who got left off, Russell Westbrook, DeMar DeRozan, uh, Giannis, the Greek freak, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Joel Embiid. Do you have any beef with those? I don't have any beef. I mean, well, Steph Dave, Curry, third team. Steph Curry, he missed a lot of games this year, didn't he? Like 24 he did, games. Yeah, yeah, he missed 24 games. games. Yeah, he missed, missed like like, yeah, almost a third of the season. Um, I don't, I don't really have a beef. All of those guys are so good. Like if you give me James Harden, LeBron James, Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis, like Dame Lillard would be the one, but he's been snubbed so often and he does it year in and year out with the productivity. Like I don't have a problem with it. I'm all right. I, I would have liked, I mean, Giannis, Giannis could have been up there for me on the first team easily. Russell Westbrook too, but I'm not going to like, we're, we're picking, what do you, what do you call it? We're splitting hairs at that point. I'm okay. Uh, you know, what's crazy so last year, Russell Westbrook gets MVP because he averaged a triple-double. That's all we talked about all year long, how amazing it was. That's why he got the MVP. He did it again. Like, that's crazy. He did it again and didn't even make first-team All-NBA. But I'm with you. Like, I don't I don't get too worked up over these lists. Like, you know, you know, some people get fired up. Like, how could you leave this guy off? I'm not one that gets too fired up about it. All right, next up. Take it or take leave it. it. <laughs> take it or leave it. Jarvis Landry is a top-10 receiver in the NFL. Take it or leave it. So he actually came out and he said he's the best. I quote, I consider myself the most complete receiver in the NFL. He's the fifth highest paid in terms of dollars per year. I did not, like at first I was like, ah, this is just a receiver being a receiver. He's just talking trash. He wants to, you know, he's out there yapping. But did you guys realize that Jarvis Landry had more catches um, in his first four seasons than any other player in NFL history. Like, I did not realize that because he's been playing on a crappy team with a crappy quarterback. So I actually, I mean, he's not Antonio Brown. He's not Julio Jones. Um, he's not uh, A.J. Green. Like, he's not Odell Beckham Jr., but I think he's I think he's legit top ten receiver in the NFL without, without question. Yeah, I'm taking that, and I didn't realize the stat either. I'm leaving his comment. I'm leaving his best receiver – but I'm taking him as a top top ten. For yeah, sure. I'm with you on that. And I'm not. Look, I'm not. I'm leaving the fact that I don't think that he's the top player, the top receiver. But I'm taking the fact that he feels that way. Like, yeah, oh, absolutely. That's what I want to say. They need. Yeah, that. I'm all the way with that. And and I'm even more with that with the dude like Landry who goes out there and works to back it up. Like, you're not just going to say I'm the best receiver in the game and and then just rely on God. Like, he is a grinder. He goes out there. And he wears a chip on his shoulder, and he works his tail off, and he just defies all odds. So the belief that you are the best, I take. I don't believe that you truly are the best, but definitely top ten. 
And the Browns yeah. need that attitude right now. Now that they got Tyra Taylor, Baker Mayfield, like they've got some swag now. They got a little swag for sure. Yeah, they do. I think he's got, well, I was going to say, I think he has a breakout year, but there's, I think the Browns are going to be good, but there's a chance Playoffs. he's playing with either a rookie quarterback or with Tyrod Taylor. But I think he could have a pretty good year, and I think people will start looking at him differently because he has played with some bad quarterbacks. You need that AI sound right there, the Danny. What it like? Like uh, Debo said, playoffs, playoffs. Yeah, right. Jim Mora. I ain't talking uh, about Jim Mora. Jim Mora, yeah, right. yeah. All right, let's do some picks <laughs> and props. It was practice, I know, but we could dub in like play later. Yeah, actually, you can make a playoff. Yes, all right, all right. I got you. Um, <laughs> before we get into picks and props, we mentioned in topics the other day if Hannah and I played. Danny and Raja and beer pong, like uh. what the outcome would be. So I put it yeah, up to the people. Close. I put it up to the bench warmers on Twitter. 67% the former athletes. <laughs> we have, we have educated. That's a bullshit. 33%. Educated listeners is yeah, what we, we have. The we younger. are fresh out of practice with that. <laughs> That's true. So you, you've got more recent practice this morning. Yeah, yeah. guys. Then we can take it to what the happened? flip cup table too. We'll go flip cup. Flip cup, I'm better at. Actually, you know what? Beer pong, it's like a hit or miss. Like some days, yeah. some days I just crush it and I can't stop. Other days I'm like, I need to, I need to leave the party because it's so embarrassing. <laughs> we'll set a spread. <laughs> really minus depends. one and a half cups. All right. Picks and props here. Again, we're doing this daily now because of the recent sports gambling news in the country. Uh, the standings, um, two and oh, Danny's one and one. Raj's oh and one. Hannah, oh and two. She's rolling with the lightning, but no lightning in this one. So we got Cavaliers and Celtics game six. Tonight, Cavaliers six and a half point favorites right now at home against Boston. Ooh, I'm gonna take the Celtics with the points. Is that how I would say that? So you think they will? I think that the Cavs will. The Celtics will cover. I think the Cavs will win. I think it'll be. I don't think it'll be a blowout. A one and a six point game. Yeah, I think I feel like I'm wrong with that though. I'll take the Cavs to cover. Sorry. I'm gonna go. Actually, I don't have to. I'm going to take the Celtics with the seven, but I think the Celtics close it out. Do you really? I think LeBron looked gassed. I think the Cavs could be in trouble. The Celtics, I know they've been atrocious on the road, and I know they just got blown out the last game, but I feel, I don't know, I just feel like the Celtics are going to win. They're going to figure that out before too long, for you sure. You can get exactly. plus 250 value on the Celtics' money line tonight, which isn't bad, Danny. I was thinking about no, that. No, that's so. exceptional money line. I Anna? actually took a bet. There was a... Going before last night's game, you could get the Rockets and the Celtics in a parlay to win the series, each series. So you'd have the higher seed and home court advantage. You'd have the, those teams. You'd get them at plus 600 if you took them as a parlay. Ooh. So I actually took that. So now I'm rooting for the uh, the Rockets and I'm rooting for the Celtics. But they both have to win in order for it to hit. But I kind of like that one because you got – like how rare is it that you can find those types of odds with home you know home teams – playing as dogs, so I actually like that one. I got the Celtics tonight. Hannah? I'm going with whatever you're going to go with, because if you look at your record compared to mine, it looks like I need to be the more often. There you go. Mirror image. So seriously, whatever you're going with tonight, I'm in. But we're going to do a soccer pick right now. Uh UEFA Champions League final. We're a couple weeks away from the World Cup. Raja said it's his favorite time of the year. Yeah. The UEFA Champions League final is tomorrow. Real Madrid and Liverpool. Real Madrid slightly favored. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to take Real Madrid. You're going to watch? Yeah, I'm going to watch. Well, I'm going to TiVo it because i got a basketball tournament, but I'll TiVo that. I'm I'm going to go Real Madrid, too. Do you have TiVo? Not TiVo. I mean, you DVR it. It's just the term, right? I know, but you know when somebody says, I'm going to TiVo that. like You're 40 plus. I would say 30 plus. Is TiVo still in business? Does anybody know? I don't know. Remember I used to have like the, like a, 
like a bubble sound. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I used to God. love that sound. Same. It was great. It was, a, it was so satisfying. Sadly, <laughs> I don't think they're around anymore. They might be, but why would you need them anymore? Because every box yeah. you buy right. that comes with it. I'm looking it up. We all rolling with Madrid, Hannah? Yeah. yeah. All right. That's, uh, that's Ronaldo, right? Or is that Messi? Yes. No. Ronaldo. Right, but Salah on the knowledge. other side. Uh. Um, all right. The props now. What number is higher? Keeping on the soccer trend. Not Ronaldo, but Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho. So his future wives or three-pointers Hassan Whiteside shoots next season. So the description behind this one. Ronaldinho set to marry two different women during the same ceremony in August. What? <laughs> Bro. Yeah, legit. One, one of those things. Two ladies lined up for one marriage, I one hear you, wedding. Bro. And the Hassan Whiteside thing the other day, post a video in the gym, him shooting. I hate everyone involved in There's a difference between you can't shoot and you're not allowed. He has attempted zero three-pointers in his NBA career. Does he get the green light just a little bit next season? He's such a freaking whiner. I need him to, like, just shut up. You just need... shut up. Stop. Yeah, Hassan, play play your position, and your position is not out there shooting threes. Like, I'm going to go He's with... trying to be the next Joel Embiid, right? He wants to be a seven-footer and step out and shoot some threes? Yeah, but, like, not even the it's same not his game. set. Yeah. So, how about, well, hold on. We're burying the lead here with Ronaldinho yeah. going with two wives and one wedding. I don't understand. How does this work? So... It's apparently not legal in Brazil, but they don't check up on don't it too much. don't enforce it? <laughs> yeah, it's not very enforced. <laughs> His sister said she won't be attending. She's disgusted by the act. But, yeah, two in the same ceremony. They're currently all living together. Goodness gracious. That is nuts. That's so my much. wife, for real, she'd kill me if I ever said that. But at times, like when she gets really overwhelmed with three kids and cleaning up and running them all over the place, she's been like, you know – some of these people that have multiple wives kind of have it downright because she's like, I could use a helper. She's like, if you ever wanted to connect a set of hands. But she made it very clear. She's like, oh, she's like that God. would just be for the help. Like you would just get the other wife would be like the worker bee. Right. Which like help get with you the dishes. All the luxuries. Fantastic. I was there, like, well, hold on a second. Maybe we can make something work out. <laughs> there was the uh, it's nuts though. The story in the NBA a couple years ago, Lou Williams, super six man. He yeah. Two girlfriends at once. Unfortunately, broke up with one of them, and I think he's – Oh, a single really? relationship right now. Yeah, I heard How about this. your boy for the, uh, the pitcher, the old pitcher, uh, 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 what the heck's his name? Uh, Bartolo Colon. He's got like a whole separate family. Like, I think he has two families going on right now. Big God. Sexy just turned 45 yesterday. Yeah, big Sexy, yeah. All right, Lou Williams, former teammate. This one for game six. James Harden obviously has missed his past 23 pointers. So over, under three and a half, three point misses for Harden before he makes another one. What's it gonna take? To get him going in that game six in Oracle. Under. He's going to can the first one. First one? Yep. Yeah, I'm going to say the same. I think, I think he's going to get better. I think, I think he's going to come out. And he, did you hear the stuff about him, how much he's shooting? He needs like to stop, he needs to stop that. He needs to stop that. That, that's really. So yeah. you think he's putting too much into it? Yep. Like he's straight. I think it's in his, I think it's in his head to a degree now. Like you, you, so, sometimes shooting, I don't know what the equivalent in football would be, but sometimes you just got to let it go. Like the more you obsess about it, the more like there'd be times where I'd obsess about my stroke, I it would feel good. It just wouldn't go in, right? Like, and so mm-hmm. I go to the gym and I'd be shooting and I shoot. I'd make hundreds of them in a gym and then I go back to the games and it wouldn't go in and I do it all over again the next day to the point where I was just in my own head with the shot. Like, if I just stopped shooting and stopped worrying about it and relaxed, it could go in. So I believe him to be in that spot now. Just let it go, bro. You, you I don't know. You're a forty some percent three point shooter. You led the NBA in threes. What do you think? You just forgot how to shoot all of a sudden? Just F it. Go out there and shoot the ball. 
Right. And you know what else he could use? I mean, you got to remember, this has been a long season. They've been a physical series. Like, get some rest. Like, he's out there going to University of San Francisco, finding gyms, shooting all night. I guess, but you got to get some rest, you know, uh, at some point. I think that would help him, like, to take a night off. This isn't this part of the show for this, but I, I watched him last night, and I, I need to go to like Synergy and watch some film. Maybe me and you can sit down and watch him. He struggles going to that right hand. Like, I know he's oh, predominantly so obvious too. He's, I know he's a lefty. Like, that's no, that's no newsflash to anyone. But I mean, when they shade him to that right hand, he's really bad. I don't know well, why don't more teams do don't do that every single time. Or does he have enough handles where he can just get you off and get you out of position? Well, I imagine he's so good at creating just a little bit of space that his counter is to just step double step back into a three. But I mean, I would always err on the side of pushing him right. Yep. All right. Five star Q and A. Yeah, I teased it off the top of the show as the best five star Q and A ever. So Hannah, we have to deliver for the people. All right, first one, A. Joe Bio. He says, what is your cocktail slash drink of choice? A few different ones based on place slash event are obviously welcome. All right, so give me give, give us three events, and then we give you three cocktails. So, all right, like three, a wedding. A wedding. A wedding, all right. I drink the same what? stuff at all these things. Um, um, uh, sports bar? Yep. And then we need and a third. And a vacation. Ooh, okay, okay. There we go. All right. <laughs> all right, go. So, um... For wedding, I'm gonna take like scotch or bourbon, whichever your whatever you have that I like more, and I'll just dr- on the rocks. Oh, neat, just straight up, Ooh. yeah. Um, for a sports bar, I'm gonna do I don't know, like I probably go with a like a uh, Pacifico or something like that, like I, I uh, okay. maybe a Heineken, like just All a right. beer, your basic beer, and then on vacation, depending on if I'm gonna get tropical place <laughs> or not, like you know yeah. what I mean, um. I, I like a fruity drink. I'll go with like a really? I'll go with like a pina colada, but I can't drink oh, yeah. a lot because I get bloated. So good. They're no. like your belly will be yeah, like all no, big that's and true. like. That's um, true. But then I just go rum and coke probably. So I start pina colada and then I all keep right. it like at the island flare and go rum and coke. I, right. I got after. How about after a win and after a loss? After <laughs> a win versus a loss. Um, after a win in the NBA, we always drank beer. We just had beer in the locker room or like you know, me and Steve Nash would have it on the bus. Like we just get beer after a loss. Um, if it was a bad loss and I struggled, it'd definitely be like straight scotch or, or bourbon. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> All right, Danny, like your three events. All right. So me for a wedding, I'm going probably some sort of like a Tito's and tonic, like just something, you know, t- something nice. Yep. If I'm on vacation, I'm with Raja and it's almost like the, uh, the spin the wheel, like whatever comes up. Like, cause if you're by the pool, maybe a pina colada, yeah. maybe a margarita, um, I might even try something like a mojito. So it's kind of like whatever goes, like right. whatever, whatever mojito. tastes good. Um, I'll go with that. But <laughs> I am with you, Raja. Ordering like, a mojito <laughs> it cracks me up. What? What's wrong with mojito? What's wrong with a mojito? It's the name of it. I have a problem with. I've never liked ordering a mojito for the. For and the then name. what was our other one? So after a game win, that would be Red Bull vodka because you know it's gonna be a long night. Ooh. Like you're going out, it's gonna be a fun one. I needed something because I'm an early to bed guy. And if, especially if I'm drinking, it makes me go to bed even earlier. So I would have to do Red Bull Vodka to keep it up all my <laughs> <Yeah. party. laughs> Wait, Debo, what's your drink? I am. What's that? Fruity. What? I wanted to know what Debo's drink was. Fruity? fruity? Yeah. Like what? All like the time? What's like, like your date, like go-to date fruity? drink? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not embarrassed. I just say, what's the fruitiest thing on your menu? You, you really say it? that? Yeah. There you go. And then I don't, don't have a second sick? date. And then I don't have a second date. Okay, my go-to drink always is whiskey ginger. Maybe a little froze. 
rosé. And then if I'm feeling fancy somewhere, I get like a wine. But I don't know anything about wine. So I just normally do whiskey ginger. Yeah. So that's a great call. Whiskey ginger, like crown and ginger, like all the ginger ale drinks I used to like a lot. Then somebody told me like the clear alcohols make you, they don't hurt as bad the next day. So I kind of gave up on that drink, but those taste really good. Vodka good used to like really hurt my heart. Like after a while, I was really struggling. You, and I had to switch it up. Are we wine with dinner? Like I'm, I'm. Mm-hmm. Are you, yeah, yeah. That's a good I call. like white wine. Ice dinner, wine. White. Wait, I'm I a do... red. I'm a cab. I like a heavy cab. Ooh, I yeah. need to. I need to get better at that. Wait, when are we I going have a to question. Boris. We bore Boo Boo. What's what, he's in Bordeaux right now? I imagine like our time <laughs> isn't there. Yeah, we need to get that up. Wait, I know this is off topic. What's like the go-to shot that you guys order? If you order a Ugh, shot, I hate shots. I always think about this because I never know what to order. I'll probably just do a tequila shot, and I hate doing them. I can't do that. I'm allergic. And this to is kind of corny, but I would say a lemon drop. No, like, those are good. There's this thing. I'm called... so judging. I'm judging by both you and Nemo right now. Uh, there's a thing called a green tea shot. I suggest everyone order Ooh. it. No, seriously, a green tea shot. I don't even know what's in it. I had to Google it once for a uh, bartender. But anyways, I've gotten into Hennessy shots. Okay, low there we rock. go. There you I go. Like they're, they're dangerous. I just do whiskey. So Debo just went from fruity drinks to, to, like, to like hard yeah. horror. Like. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to On to the next it. question, guys. Big Red Trella. He says, Danny, Raja, I need some dating advice. My friends tell me I am too nice to girls. I get friend zoned so often. I'm not Brad Pitt, but I can hold my own. Coach me up. What do I need to do to change my style and be more successful? Let me see a picture. You said I'm not Brad Pitt. Danny, All right. Bro. This is pretty easy right here because – I'm a pretty nice guy. I think I found myself in his position, but you got to learn to play the game. Like you can't be Mr. Nice Guy all the time. You have to have some mystery. You can't, you get, and if it, have you guys, have you young guys seen, um, the movie, what's the movie with Vince Vaughn and, uh, from Swingers. Vegas where they go Vegas, baby. What's Swingers. The name Swingers. Swingers. I can't believe I forgot the name of that. So remember when he's talking about the five days you got to wait, you know, is it two days? Yeah. Is it three days? Is it four days? Like how long do you have to wait to call him? You do. You can't be too anxious. Like you have to make her wonder what's going on, where your mind is. Because if you go and show all your cards on the table right away, you're going to get burned every single time. Yeah, I. Oh, that's a tough one because if you have no real advice, being like a, a like a little less nice, you could go overboard and just be a straight a straight like a hole about it. <laughs> you um, don't want to be that. You, you there's a fine line. There is definitely a fine line. I am. Look, I. Here's what I would say to you, Big Red Trella. Be yourself, bro. Like, be you, dude. Like, oh, that's nah, the best I, advice. Nah, real talk. Oh, that's friend zone advice. No, do you? And and <laughs> if look, you ain't gonna force a a a, a girl if 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 you ain't meant to be with her, you're gonna be in the friend zone anyway. So it's not really gonna matter what you do. And if if she wants you in the friend zone, like you don't want to find that out five years into a marriage that she wishes you would have been in the friend zone from the beginning. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. do what you do, but have a backbone. Like you don't need to be a pushover, like stand up for yourself. You know, if there's something that's not going to fly for you, you got to let them know that. And if they don't respect that, they weren't supposed to be there in the first place. Um, Anna, react. I was just going to say, I both, both is gr- it's great advice, both you guys, but I, I like, I like really nice guys. So I don't know, just keep doing you because I feel like the nice guys, uh, don't get enough credit, but yeah. really, like, I don't, but, I don't, like with, I don't talk to enough nice guys. So when I do, I'm just like, oh my god, this guy is so nice. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> good to be nice. Like, I'm, I'm all about like the gentleman aspect. Like, open the door for, like, be nice. Right. But you've got to play the game. Like, you got to make them. You got to keep them on their toes. You got to make them wonder. That's I hear true. you. That's true. Little, yeah, keep them guessing. Um, yeah. I don't know what question to go to next. 
No, go. Ro- roll them off. Um, all right. W.C. Woods won. He said, Danny, what will Florida be able to do under next. Dan Mullen? Next. <laughs> will Tannehill be a top <laughs> 10 or 15 quarterback next year, or should we get Will Greer? Florida's going to be 8-4 and four under Dan Mullen. Oh. Um, and I don't know what the Tannehill with Will Greer one question is all about. Uh, I do not think Tannehill will be a top 10 to 15 quarterback. I think this is his breakout year. I unfortunately have not seen it. I think he's a quarterback who is a athlete playing quarterback instead of a natural quarterback. So I think uh, he could be in trouble. And I don't think they should go get Will Greer. Next. All right. Adopted by God. He says, if you were a free agent after the draft, would you join a team with a better chance to win it all? Or would you be a bigger piece to the puzzle? Um, this is not, there's not even, there's no, un- there's no acceptable answer other than you find a spot where you can play, bro. Like you're not chasing championships. If you're on the championship team mm-hmm. and you weren't drafted, you're going to be the, the dude who sits in a suit every single game. You go somewhere where you can prove that you belong in the league and they made a mistake on you in the first place. Um, bad team, middle of the pack team, it doesn't matter. Whoever wants you and is going to give you an opportunity to play, you go there and you let everybody in the league, whatever league it is, know that they made a mistake in the first place. Uh, all right. Mark, he says, you're stranded on a desert island. You get three recorded videos of three games, any sport, that you can watch forever. Name them. Oh, that's, that's, that's tough. Oh, Danny, by all means. So, so any three sports games that you could watch forever? forever. So if you could TiVo it, so some of the epic performances that you could ever watch, I would probably throw in, um, maybe like the Jordan flu game when he knocked down that game winner against Utah. Uh, I would, so I would have like a little variety. I would have that. I might have like, well, I'm trying to think of like, Maybe the Patriots Falcons comeback, like the twenty eight to three Super Bowl, like that game was epic to get into that. But then it loses a lot of his intrigue. Like you can't watch the first, you know, whatever that one. Um and then maybe I'd throw in like a epic boxing match, like one of the best boxing matches ever. Like some just something different. That's tough. I would But I'll tell you what, with the way sports work. I wouldn't. I'd rather pick movies. Like it's you know the outcome. Like yeah, but that's not the. It question. wouldn't be as entertaining. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I'm gonna go that ninety. You played in one of the games. Was it the ninety-five Orange Bowl game? You and like Florida State Miami, where Tamaric Vanover ran the opening kickback. That game was sucked. Nah, that game was for me. That game was like a. That was my favorite game of all time. Maybe the game sucked. I don't even remember. Right too. Yeah, I don't even remember the game. Everything that happened in it, like just it was euphoria in terms of. of, That was ninety-two. Yeah, was it ninety-two? Yeah, my freshman year. Oh, that's right. I said 95. I graduated. You're old as hell, bro. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We are old as hell, bro. Um, I'm going to go with one of those Boston Laker games. Um, I don't know what, you know, it was Dennis Johnson with the steal, I guess. And then like whatever game that was way back in the day, that was a a good game. 82, I want to say. Is it? Um, and then my last game would be like I don't know. I, it's a tough question. Um, I know it's such a hard question. Very hard question. I probably go something in the NFL, but I don't. I don't know which one. I'm you bringing, know what I might do is like the Malice at the Palace game, like just to see something entertaining. Just, yeah, yeah. Like when they start fighting with the fans. Twenty minutes like, of non-game action. I got uh, yeah. three copies of Super Bowl Fifty Two just in case one oh wears. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> in case one wears out. That's right. We all left out that one. We know Debo would just do that one. Um, the only one I I could think of is that six overtime game. Syracuse and Connecticut from 2009. And then maybe that Auburn. Was that Jerry McNamara in them? Was he in that game? No, that was Kemba. Kemba. All right. Um, All right. Last question. They call me Hazuda. He says, go on Instagram and type in at middle class fancy. I don't have, I don't have my phone. Uh, Now tell me who was more middle class fancy, Danny or Raja. 
What is this? This one required fancy? homework. Like I don't have. I never saw a middle class fancy. Um, it's a bunch of like dad memes, pretty much. Dude, it's like it's like dad bod stuff, right? Like oh, I would gosh. I would suggest like the hashtags are and... okay. So now tell me who was more middle class fancy, Danny or Raja? And then there's a oh, part it's two. me by far. I would I would say if it's a dad bod, <laughs> it's a stupid horny joke. I did a like, little bit of research. I did a little bit of research. It's definitely Danny. It's yeah, definitely... no, I would say it's Danny. <laughs> Um, I don't know, but part two says I feel like Hannah's go-to guy fits the middle-class fancy description as well. Embrace debate. Agree. No, this is no, this isn't good. Uh, No, no, it's not true. (laughs) That's not true. I I don't I don't. Hannah's down at South Beach all weekend partying (laughs) with all these cool dudes. That's your go-to guy. Um, yeah. I mean, (laughs) not all the time, but yeah, yeah, sometimes. Not middle-class fancy. No. I got to check out the scene. I got to see how insulting this is that I just admitted on middle class fancy. Middle class. I don't know. This this Instagram account has a pretty big following, and I, I, to be honest, I don't really know why. (laughs) Nice. All right. Hey, I was right though. These were good questions today, right? They were. Yeah, good Q and A. They were good. I liked it. All right. So keep bringing them. Every Friday we do our five star Q and A. Go to iTunes, subscribe, download, leave us a five star review in the review section. Ask us a question. Ask us anything. We go off the rails all the time like we did today. Make sure you go do that. As always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And remember, Monday we're going to have a bonus episode, best of five-star Q&A. So make sure you check that out. Everyone have a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy it. Peace.